Yep, 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 yep. So today, FFS welcomes a Finland legend, a combative defensive midfielder who amassed a total of 69 Hukajak caps between 1998 and 2007, scoring 11 international goals along the way. His club career took him from Hoyiko Helsinki to the English Premier League via Norway and then to clubs in Germany and Sweden before returning to Hoyiko. Now working as CEO of Klubi, it's our great pleasure to welcome Aki Rihilati. Tervetuloa. Kiitos. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Can I ask why you have number eight in your shirt? Are you like <laughs> a are you like a like a box to box midfielder or from your body type? It looks like. Well, I'm I'm actually a, I'm actually a right back, Aki. But yeah, okay. this number eight this number eight is the birthday of my daughter, so that's why I ah. chose it for my for my shirt. Okay, there was a different reason why I left my um, uh, national team caps to sixty nine. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> your favorite number. <laughs> Oh, we've, we've we've immediately gone into uh, uh, explicit warning for this for this episode. Yeah, I know this is well under done. eighteen. <laughs> under eighteen people will not be able to watch this for sure. Yeah, they won't understand. So, um, Aki, as I summarised, you've played for some of great clubs across Europe um, in some of the best leagues, and you're well known to us for your time in England with Crystal Palace. Uh, we know you you'd already left Finland to play in Norway. But how was it to move to England at the age of 25? And could you tell us about some of your best memories from Palace? Sure. Um, I I think personally, and uh, many people will probably consider that like uh, where they would, if they would remember me from some time, is, is, is my time in Crystal Palace, because I, I think I, I was there at my prime. Obviously, I had a fantastic year here in Hojiko. Um, and 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 decent decent times also in other clubs, but I think that's where I was at my prime. I managed to play all the way to the Premier League, and um, I was on and off the pitch. I was I was I was loving it. I was enjoying it. I felt really home. Uh, Crystal Palace is a kind of club that you know um, it's, it's never a boring day because there's always something happening, and uh, and uh, it's a family club with the people people. Uh, come to the games and they wear the shirt because they're really proud of it, and that's why I really felt home there. And and and, and then you know in London I was always also 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 writing for the Times and uh, and uh, everything everything in the football industry and and outside of it was was something where I really really felt felt home. So um, I was playing in Norway and um, it was time to move. Um, I was actually actually my first. I did actually a uh, promise to sign for Crew Alexandra, and then uh, so I was there with a. Um, I was there. I, w- I started training with the team, and uh, I promised Dario Kradi was the you know head coach mm-hmm. at the time that I'm gonna I'm gonna sign for them, and uh, and, and then I got a call from uh, Mikael Forsell, uh, who's obviously my childhood friend, and and at this time he was not asking me to come clubbing or something like that. <laughs> <It was> just, <laughs> He was just saying, "Listen, you know, uh, our head coach was watching you in the national team because we played England, um, you know, shortly before. They was he was mm-hmm. he was watching watching me, you know, in the training session there, and uh, and, and 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 they would really like to meet. And uh, and he, I asked Ruby if I could still go and meet meet with because you know uh, I wanted to do uh, do my choice." You know, for the right reason to know what are the options. So I went to Palace and uh, and I ended up signing there. And uh, and uh, it, it was one thing I will never regret uh, because it's it, even if it's a club with the um, a lot of up and down. When I was there, it was it was fantastic. I felt really home. People were took me really well. Uh, I gave everything for the shirt, and uh, of course, even it's easy to say that. That the, you know the time that we went up to the, you know being almost last in the championship, going to a winning streak and and in the playoff and and then then beating West Ham in the final and going to the Premiership and then playing a you know Premiership. So it was it was obviously the highlight and it sort of epitomized everything I ever hoped and believed and dreamed of. So so I think that that should be it. But I had a lot of lot of good memories and many of them are quite small stories, but for me they are big. 
it is, it's quite it's quite significant that one of your best memories is beating West Ham because I saw Keke wincing because he's a yeah. he's an iron at heart. Okay, some people have to be. If I was in Cardiff, Aki, when you played that superb yeah. through ball to Andrew Johnson, and um, yeah. our goalie saved it, but Shipley was there to smash it in the net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was it was one of those that I think in the league we were something like fifteen points behind, and they they probably should have pr- promoted it, but. We were in a we were in a winning streak and uh, yeah. and uh, we, we were high on confidence. Then we beat Sunderland on a pens and and we go to the final. And I, actually, I still have the painting just because of you in my in my wall, <laughs> which, is, which is like uh, because it's weird because you go to a stadium normally you have one club supporters, but there you come inside from the you know Millennium Stadium and you have thirty six thousand supporters, thirty six thousand uh, West Ham supporters, uh, obviously. You know, thirty-six thousand were wearing colors, and thirty-six thousand, you know, like you yeah. were in the other side of it, and uh, and uh, so it's 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 so weird. And then the stakes are whether you play Premiership or you know, championship, yeah. whether you go to Manchester United or Rotherham next year. So it's it's like massive, and I absolutely love those kind of games, and uh, and um, it, it was obviously the most remarkable. I had my dad on the stands, and my, some of my good friends who were there, and. Uh, and uh, I had no doubt in my mind that that, that we're going to win it because we're so high on confidence that, that it, it, it was bound to happen. And uh, and uh, I I already it, it's 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 weird times again that time because I already had a contract with the um, a German club. Uh, which one was it? It was I can't remember. Um, and. Um, but then I decided that, of course, you know, this is what I always dreamed. Palace is my my club, so so I end, ended up staying, which again was a great great thing to do. Uh, I, I think I think then I, after that I left to Germany, and I have to say that even there are a lot of you know fans in Germany. Stadiums are beautiful; and it's always full. I never felt as home there as I felt always in England. This is just the random conversation on the streets with the people. Uh, them having tradition to come with the dad and the son to the game. It's it's just it's just different. It's, yeah. it's it felt like a, no British humor. I mean, look at what they're wearing all the clothes. It's it's a joke. So <laughs> <laughs> so so I felt like home there. So it, 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 I would say I remember that part as as one of an. And also that time was also when we were really high with Finnish national team. So so it was a combined that with the uh, other other parts of life was, 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 was felt right. You said that you you really like feel at home in those big games. Yeah. Um, but and, and and obviously getting up with Crystal Palace is a, a huge achievement. Did you ever feel like you wanted to try yourself at one of the really big clubs? Or were you happy at a club of, of the sort of size of Palace? I I, I, I was never enough for a bigger club. That, 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 that's, I, I would say that I maximised my potential. There are a lot of, lot of much more talented players, more potential players than I was. I, I think I was probably the one that maximised the talent, the little talent I have. And uh, that, that was as high as I could go. And, 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 and when, I, when we played the Premier League season uh, in 2004, I, I was so happy that I could improve, you know, prove myself also in that stage. I've done it uh, in uh, single games for Finland, but also doing that week in week out because that was probably my best season ever. Mm. And um, and uh, I had few requests from Palace about me after that season, but but uh, I don't think my style and my talent was never going to be anything bigger than that and, and I'm very proud and very happy what I achieved so so I, th- I think bigger clubs would require different kind of abilities and talent than I had and, uh, and, and, and I was quite happy that throughout my career I was able to play for the clubs that you always needed to give everything and to grind those points grind those little things in order to get things done so so um, so so that, that that was my level and that was probably many would say beyond my level a country mile. it's a pretty there good was, level to reach no it's, it's not bad to play uh, for a player that was i was i was on, until i was 16 uh, every week i got um, from youth coaches from everything i'm not good enough i was told 
throughout my life, I was not good enough. And every time there was a new manager, I was told I'm not good enough. And I ended up always playing. It was so, so, um, and in the end, I played the uh, Bundesliga. Premier League, Champions League, uh, 60 it's not bad. from my country. It's not bad for an average player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think well, that's but... why the, the Crystal Palace fans, you know, really appreciate you. The, with, like you said, the 100%. And it's mm. those type of fans, similar to fans of West Ham and um, and possibly even Finland national team, they, they really appreciate 100% effort, you know. So. I, but I agree. But, but, but think about the fans. They travel around the world and around the country. They come in the rainy Tuesdays. They come there and they spend their money and free time. Uh, they, 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 you know, they, they put a lot of effort into it. What they expect is they expect people to, you know, reflect that in terms of that they put also everything. Even they, I mean, we can pay for it. So, uh, so, yeah. so, uh, and 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 if you, if you see that. You put everything. You go to away game and you see people backing off or not not taking it. Uh, you know, not putting hundred percent every situation. Of course, you do not happy about it. And as a fan, you are full right. So, and 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 I think they reflect the people who gave everything for the shirt because they do as well. And the other thing that they people reflect, which is I think it's a, it's a common decency and how you should behave, is 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 the people like Tim Sparv who take a time for each person they meet. And sure. I hope that I was the same guy because I, I, I would never, at least unintentionally, would walk past a fan who wanted to talk or anybody who wanted to talk and take that little time because I enjoyed it. And that's why I like, for example, the Finnish national team now. When I look at the players who's there, they always take that extra time on people, uh, discussing with them, sharing stories. That's football. I think. So, uh, so. Um, I think that's the other thing that people reflected to that, you know, and 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 I I like it, I like it. That that's the reason, and you can always, and of course, you know, afterwards people remember me as a bit of than actually was because of uh, shared experiences. So, so mm. they forget all the bad passes and uh, you know the balls that I didn't <laughs> didn't control, but uh, they remember that one situation that I spoke spoke with them in a front row. Yes. Do you, do you think that, it, that the British the, the British fans really get you more than the Finnish fans? Um, I mean, that time the way of, of following football was different. You know, people didn't follow. They follow Premier League, but it's always it was not that many subscriptions, and you couldn't follow it in the in the social media as much as you can do yeah. these days. And I had my prime years there. I had obviously I played national team here, but. Um, and 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 I I do, I think sometimes I felt that my humor there is is more acceptable. Sometimes here I think I have something to be a little bit more reserved. I, <laughs> uh, I I try not to because I try to be who I am, and mm. and I I have a taste for really bad humor, and <laughs> so so um, I try to be that, and, and and I bonded with with the English people really well. I feel that was my other home, so. Um, I, I do have a good relation here with the Finnish, but of course my role is different now because I'm in a. There's no easier, easier role as being a football player when it comes to, you know, uh, because you're always sort of excused. But now the role I am and uh, the role that is expected from me, it's it, it should be also a bit much more demanding, and it's, it should be different also towards fans. So, so. Um, I, I think it's it's also about the time and place where you are and the role you have. Mm-hmm. So as we said, um, Aki, you were 25 when you arrived at Palace, but you'd already left Finland to play for Norwegian club Val- Valerenga. Yeah. Um, I think you were 23 when you, when you went there. So um, it seems to us that these days young Finnish players are leaving to leave Finland and go yeah. all across Europe to clubs or academies only to see their development stall a little bit, and then sometimes they end up back at Finland trying to re-kickstart their career. Yeah. Um, do you think that today's young Finnish players should stay in Veikkaus Liga a little bit longer, as you did? Or the, the, the times are different for sure. Uh, it's also the, all the stories are different as well. I mean, at that time, I, I was 22 when I moved after we played Champions League group stage with HK. So it was for me it was great. I left best possible thing for my childhood club uh, yeah. playing in a Champions League group stage in, uh, in, in 
Helsinki, what, what better could be? And, uh, and uh, you know, that time it was quite common that it that would be around the age. But also that, you know, the world is smaller now and, uh, and uh, all the clubs scout earlier and there are more tools to do that. And also the rules have changed in a way that, that uh, many of the, you know, bigger, big five leagues they would want to play very early for two reasons. Firstly, they feel that uh, for his development, it has to be in their environment in order to adapt uh, and and make sure that he has that. I'm quite doubtful whether that's the right thing. Uh, but the other reason is that they wanted them to become homegrown players because economically it's much better for them. So that's why they want in a certain age so they will become homegrown players. And uh, it's a numbers game for big clubs. So you take uh, 50 kids, and if one of them makes it, you are okay. Personally, I'm pretty sure, and the Finnish evidence shows it, that uh, it would be many times better for them to stay a bit longer in their uh, normal environment, uh, have a ch- chance to um, be in a bigger role, uh, make mistakes, educate yeah. themselves in a bit safer uh, because there they are at the moment only one Finnish player who actually made it through the academy that they went. Of course, now there are more of them. Maybe there are other success stories, but I'm a bit doubtful about that. Uh, sometimes, um, and I, I've sold four players last ten years every year, uh, and I have well, not I, but we as a club, Hojiko as a club. But uh, I personally are in the last negotiation to do that. We have here. Um, I would say five to twenty clubs each game. Even in the reserve games, we have a few clubs to scout our players, and we want them to move. We want them to have a dream and and play somewhere else. Personally, I think they go a bit too early. Sometimes it would be better them to stay one more year and leave because I see the ones who left from a senior team to senior team success rate is really good. The ones who left from academy to academy, the success rate is virtually zero. So uh, um, numerically, I think the evidence is there, but of course, it's very tempting for a young kid and the family to go at that stage when you have a big, from big five countries, a club wanting them. I think we would need more education on why they want the player and what's what's the progression from there and what if it doesn't happen, what did what did they get, what do they miss? It's I think. We are in the world that is too much driven by agents and intermediaries, and I'm, I don't think that's a good world. Um, so um, there are sure good agents and intermediaries, and there are sure good cases and clubs, but overall, I think it's too random where players go in a too young age. Mm-hmm. How, how, does, how is the Vakehouse Liga now compared to when you were playing in it? Um, we, in general, but also in regards to preparing the players to to move on and and be ready to play in bigger leagues. I, I think when I was younger, it was we all wanted to play Vegas League, and we sort of had to play Vegas League, and probably even national team in order to get the move. I think these young kids, when they come now, they already used to playing youth tournaments, and they dream. They don't probably dream to become Vegas League first. They dream to go as soon as possible. And they see the world a little bit differently. Um, in general, Vekas Liga is um, we have a we have a we are considered by most of the countries in Europe that that the that the um, the level and the prices of players it's much lower than, for example, if you're in Sweden or Norway, and and it's a lot about perception. A lot of it is not really true. So. What, what happens is that the value for money you get from here is actually quite okay. Uh, but but the, I, I would say that we all sell with too low prices and we have sort of put the, put the level of the of the price too low jointly. Uh, many of us has, has to do it probably. I, I, don't, I don't blame that, but I think there would be more for us compared to compared to the level we have. So, so uh, and, and, and I think Vekas Liga is a good to produce players and get them the next steps because you know here you you have still room for younger players and you have a chance to uh, um, make mistakes and uh, you still have a 
being a summer league also to show yourself because there are a lot of lot of people watching this. So yeah. So um, I think it's a good place. Uh, and I, I, my personal opinion is is that if a player has a chance to move from a senior team to senior team, it's always a better position for him than moving from academy to academy. But of course, I understand that, that you know sometimes the temptation is too high to do that. So, with speaking of Hoyuko, I mean, um, Hoyuko has got its fair share of tradition in bringing through fantastic young Finnish talent, but um, the club is also not adverse to bringing in players from abroad. We've seen recently Temu Puki go from Hoyuko to have success in Denmark and now in England, and young Alfredo Morelos, who was plucked from Colombia, is now banging in goals for Rangers in Scotland. Um, what do you feel is the, the right balance for Clubby? with regard to bringing through young Finnish players, but also scouting for abroad for talent? I, I, I think that is the balance that we always look uh, and and, uh, and every year is not the same. It depends what you have, what's what's available. And we aim to have, um, let's say if we have a of 25 players, we aim to have around uh, five to seven young Hojiko players who are in the training group when we start, of course. Sometimes yeah. it's not the obvious one who breaks through. Like Alex Ring was not the obvious one. We, or, or, or Sebastian Dahlström or Robin Lott were not the obvious one who will break through. Uh, then you have the you know the ones that you know that listen. This guy is going to be amazing regardless. You have Joel Pohjanpalo and and uh, yeah. and and you know you just know that these these are just going to go. And uh, and then then it always leaves and it's always. If somebody does well in the attacking front, we will lose for sure. He will not play until the end of the year here. But that's and that's how it should be. We we are here to develop players, so that's why we have to always look also from outside. We normally look then whether we whether it's coming from our own youth rank in Finland. Then we have to look abroad, and we have a Nikatakulo who's our sports director who who is in charge of the whole 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 process of evaluating players and he has a uh, you know uh, three scouts working for him and uh, and um, we evaluate them and in the end it's in, in Hoyiko has always been the case that the head coach decides in the end whether it's this or that and then it's up to me by to land them in the negotiations and sometimes I you know I succeed some not always not always all player has dreamed to come to play Finland, <laughs> so it's a uh, it's a constant process. Um, we've done okay. Um, if you look, with, as, as you said, Morelos uh, Klaus is one of the top scorers in Austria. Your Pohjanpalo is is great. And, you know, you have uh, you have a lot of players every year, four or five players. We've been given the possibility to take the next step, and that's our role. We are here. If you know, I, I think in some other clubs. You would become Vekos League a player quicker than in Hoyiko. Uh, but if you want to take the next step to Europe, obviously the 20 years of history we can put facts on yeah. the table. It's 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 unquestionable that if you want to become a European player, we are a good route for you. But of course, if you are good enough. Yeah. yeah. So you, you touched on it there a little bit, um, your work that you are doing these days, but um, Hoyuko is very obviously your club. It's very close to your heart. You had two playing spells there with over 100 appearances and I believe you won four championships there. So um, can you tell us a bit more about your role at the club now as CEO and, and also yeah. what you hope to achieve in, in that role, yeah. whether that be a, another Champions League campaign or, or what you're <laughs> looking for? Um. I started in Hoiko Kannelmäki when I was six years of age. Uh, my family has played and, and worked here. And uh, even the 13 years I was abroad playing, I was always following Hoiko. Hoiko is my club. And uh, uh, the last years when I when I was thinking whether I had a few, few economically quite interesting offers uh, from Greece and Turkey or come to play Hoiko for me, it was a case and we sit down with the owner uh all this lutikainen and 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 he said listen you know we would also bit by bit look you in the other couple of this and um and then and i started in the stadium and um and you know i think this is also a club that 
there are different kind of growth paths. As long as you bring results in a one way, you, you get the next possibilities. That's what happened to me also, you know, outside of the pit. Uh, I've been in the organization now for a bit, um, and and uh, obviously, my responsibility that this is the, you know, uh, the most successful club also the next ten to twenty years in Finland. So it has to be. Um, Sportsly, economically, sustainable structure, strategic. We are always playing the long game, not the short game. And uh, and uh, if you, if we go to details, of course, all the all the functions here. In the end, uh, I have to take responsibility if it's not working. But we have a fantastic people here. We have a great sports director. We have a good commercial unit, uh, and uh, we have uh, stadium people. So there are a lot of capable people. Um, so, so the normal job is obviously making sure that every everything works and the, and it goes to the right direction. But I think um, if it comes to football itself, uh, I've I've not been involved with uh, sort of evaluation of the anything that happens. Uh, then when we make contracts, I do a lot of contract negotiations, whether it's uh, football transfer, uh, player contract, or uh, commercial contract. So that takes a quite a lot of part of my 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 job, and then the other part that is probably not so uncommon for CEOs in Finland is that um, that uh, I have a big role in many um, many European instances, European club association. I'm the vice president, uh, vice chairman. Uh, I'm in the UEFA club competitions committee, UEFA distributions working group, uh, FIFA stakeholders committee. So um, in order for us to succeed in Finnish football, the the landscape we work at has to be favorable for us as well. So, so what I think I've succeeded by far the best is to make the landscape better for smaller nations and smaller yeah. clubs. So, and 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 I think that's the most valuable role. Everything I ever done for Finnish football as a player, as just whatever I've been, I think that's where I've succeeded the most. So, the, if I look now how the um, transfer system is going to change, if I look now how the European competitions is going to change change from next year, how the distribution side is going to change, uh, training compensation, all these things, dossiers that uh, are quite boring and difficult to explain, but this I think I'm, I'm, I'm at my best. You can actually see your, your input having an effect on, on things that are starting to change. Yes, yes. I have to say that I've and, 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 and I, I think you can see it also because the, in ECA there's a vote uh, um, from 55 countries, the leading clubs, obviously from bigger countries, there are more, and uh, small countries is this vote who will be in the board. And I've been voted now three times in a row, and it's not because I'm a good-looking guy, <laughs> for sure, not that, uh, or, or I'm nice in the in the banter in the in the in a in a bar. It's because I I produce very very good results for clubs. And uh, I've got the most votes for the two years in a row from the clubs who I present. So, so obviously that is probably the biggest I've ever got in my life is that that the clubs that I work for wants to vote for me to drive their, you know, issues. And uh, and uh, yeah, so, so that probably takes a quite a lot of part of my my pace. And uh, and uh, it's probably one of the things that is easy to it's it's very difficult to explain and it's very difficult to see but uh, it requires uh, a lot of work yeah, on the other hand it's 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 great for me i work with the the world's biggest clubs every week and i also work with the uh, clubs from the smallest countries in europe every week so i i see the whole spectrum of, of, of football mm. in europe and it gives a perspective in many ways well, you, your passion for that work is is visible, Aki, and we, you know, we at Finnish Football Show really appreciate that work you're doing because raising the profile of of Finnish football across the world and even at home in Finland is really something that we're passionate about as Thank well. You. Um, yeah. So, yeah, as I as I said previously, I think you managed eleven goals for Finland during your international career, which yeah. is um, which is All not right. bad. You were. Um, <laughs> You were part of what is uh, often described as Finland's golden generation. Sadly, you guys didn't manage to qualify for a major tournament, but um, the current team has reached the promised land, qualifying for Euro 2020, as it will still be known next year when it's finally played. So um, 
I wanted to ask you how, how you felt when, when you saw that Finland beat Liechtenstein last November and what you think of the talent of the current squad and the hopes you have for Euro 2020 when it's finally played. I have to say that before the qualification, I thought it would be an unlikely story this to happen because I didn't, I didn't think this would be the team to do it. And uh, and I think it's, I'm really happy to admit that how wrong was I again about this. So I, I was obviously best a dream come true for Finnish football and for me. And I'm, there's so many players in that that national team now that I I have so much respect, time, and 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 admiration what they've done and. What, how they sort of achieved that, and then you have that achievement in the nicest stadium in the world here in my stadium. So, <laughs> so, 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 it's fantastic, and it's also, oh, it, it's 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 in many ways so important because you know, of course, it's not going to change the world's perspective because, unfortunately, many people in the world still don't know that Finland is in the in the in the end. So, but it's it's easier also in in you know with my peers in the you you. In, in Europe because you know now we're there and it's easier to talk mm. about the competitions and it's e- easier to talk about this and it's also easier for players to many players who will be this squad or close to it will have a better chance for the next step so it gives a hope for many many also young kids and uh, and I think it's very important now how how we would use as a football in general this kind of um, uh, opportunity to promote the football uh, in a wider respect in the whole Finland, in, in all the levels, and uh, in and, and I think this is the time, and we should not lose it. But uh, my personal feeling was, I was so happy, and that this is the dream that we all had for a long time. We didn't as, as a as a team then, but uh, so happy for the team now to be able to do that step. And 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 there were games that I thought, okay, if I look pure football and talent and uh, you know you think okay this could be a difficult one but in the end that was a team with a great coaching great tactics and great personalities great character it it, it was it was really amazing were you also a little bit envious no 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 that's that's not my that's that would be never my I wouldn't. I mean, I live and breathe Finnish football. For me, the success of Finnish football, I, I, I would love another Finnish football club, well in Europe and go to you know longer stays. Mm. I think envy is something that we can't afford in Finnish football, and and I think that's something that is been destroying sometimes, uh, you know, things in a in for the wrong reasons. But I always think that. You know, joint success. There can only be a success that is joint, and then if we do it in a nation, even better. And just to see the people, how happy they are. For me, I don't have any. I mean, I, I reach my limits in as a footballer, and and with that team, obviously, we didn't qualify because you know we weren't good enough. And uh, and uh, for me, being thinking of anything else, I don't. That's not on me. <laughs> No, and the whole the, you're right though. The whole country, whenever Finland qualifies mm. for the finals of mm. any sport, the whole country kind of gets whipped up into yeah. this fever. And I, I remember talking to people at work or among friends mm. a year or so ago, and saying, you know, something's happening here. The Nations League, and that, and that was something. And and then the Euro qualifiers and. Yeah. It's a shame the momentum's kind of stopped a little, but I think yeah, Nations, yeah, I think Nations League again and then next summer could be really... It could I, think keep is, I think it's still there. I think it's still there. I, I mean, I understand, and but it's it's also all this COVID-19 thing is sort of messing up with a lot of things that are, you know, uh, you know, people's relationship in general is, is, is changed a little bit. And uh, um, I think it's still there. And I think we... we you know, if, if Finland is clever with the steps, I think it can build even bigger thing. And uh, and uh, and uh, and I hope it will. And we should all do our things. And and I think that's why it's easy. I love doing these kind of discussions. That you know, people are you know, you guys are doing a great job of promoting. And, and, and many as there are, that is a sort of trick that build the football culture. Uh, it doesn't happen because what I'm what happened to, for example, volleyball and basketball in Finland is that they reached the end tournament. There was a boom. 
nothing permanent was left from this. Mm-hmm. And I hate if this happens to football. It, mm-hmm. it can't happen. There are now two examples from two team sports that it's difficult to get to the end tournament and Finland did and there was a boom. What's left? Not much. So that's why I hope that we have learned from these experiences and we use it in the right way. And 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 it's not just Palolito who can do it. It needs people who build it like you guys are doing with your your thing and and as more they are like this, so the better and stronger the whole foundation will be. Well, you touched on the um, the COVID nineteen situation. There, I don't suppose we can uh, we can speak to you without mentioning that it's had a bit of an effect on football all over the world. Um, most of us guys who who do the Finnish football show had our suitcases packed, ready to head off to um, to Copenhagen and Saint Petersburg. But but you know we'll go next year. But yeah. finally. Bakehouse Liga has kicked off, and um, congratulations for you guys in Classico yesterday. It was a Thank fantastic you. result for you. But um, so, how how have you at Horyukor coped throughout that period of lockdown, and and more importantly, how do you feel the world of Finnish football and the smaller regional clubs will will manage after that global pandemic? I'm thinking of you know the financial situation. There's a lot yeah. of clubs in Finland who are who are surviving on small budgets, I guess, and. Yeah. You know, I don't suppose this yeah. thing was so good for them. No, this is not good for anybody. It's in all possible levels. This is not good. It's PCA um, um, did it just. Uh, I think it was yesterday announced uh, also also in in the media that that the COVID nineteen is is cost over four billion euros uh, in the uh, uh, for clubs because clubs are the ones who carry the entrepreneurial risk and they are the ones who lose. They are the one who take the the risk and, and pay the salaries of players and everything and and, and that. so this will have a much longer and, and lasting impact. I think now it's over and whether there's a second wave or not it's not over in terms of industry because um, the industry will change sure. you know how the game events will go what is the fans uh, reaction how much you come to the stadiums some people want to come now more some people are Afraid they want to watch more TV. Some people probably with this eight months this happened doesn't want to, you know, either come to play anymore in their youth teams or they don't want to watch it anymore. They sort of come down to a different things, and um, I think it hits the big thing. Hits the biggest countries and biggest part the most in terms of volume. But then when we come to you know smaller countries and smaller smaller clubs, it's it's just that that you know. Um, you know, the kids didn't come to train because of the COVID it was restricted, whether all of them will come back, whether the ones who do it with a very small pay and sort of after they work, put everything into it, whether they want to be the coaches anymore, whether they want to mm. be the ones who work at the clubs anymore. Um, economically, I would say Koyiko managed well. We understood that this is a very serious and case. And we also realized that we don't know what's going to happen. There was absolutely no visibility at all. So with all the, we stopped investments. We had a two big investments coming um, for the facilities, and uh, and and we did all the measures early days. So so we came okay, but of course we know that you know there are a lot of clubs struggling, medium, small, big ones. All are struggling, and there are less money in the industry. So for example, we do a lot of dealing through transfers and transfer prices will for sure go yeah. down and for sure uh, okay the other thing that will happen also there will be a lot of lot of unemployed footballers in the next coming years uh, because people just can't pay anymore if you, it's easy to say if, if 30% of the whole industry goes down or 20 to 30% of course when the player wages are the, the most dominant one it's going to affect uh, the, uh, a big thing so um, it will be interesting to see how that kind of market itself makes and 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 i think a lot of clubs understand that you can't everything you earn and some people even more put some way you have to have also good cash reserves and balance sheets and and more sustainable sustainable structure we have that so we are Mm. we will probably come quite well out from this but i'm really scared and, and worried that how how it will happen to many clubs and how they will be able to cope economically and then also i'm really afraid that these kind of um 
things, what it will do for the um, amount of players who start playing and keep playing longer. So, so uh, it's it's not going to be an easy one. I think football will will suffer and struggle. And uh, and and I the first time I saw in a in a, all the stakeholders that there was a sort of consensus that it will never be as it was before. We have to do something for the whole infrastructure. We have to do everything for it to be more sustainable for all parties. Certainly, I mean, we can just hope that these clubs manage to survive and and yeah. and build, and that the people come back. I mean, I, I I personally can't wait to get back in a stadium watching Finland. So as soon as as soon yeah. as we're able, as soon as we're able, we'll be we'll be going. Um, you notice you notice Aki that he didn't say I can't wait to get back in the stadium to watch West Ham. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Nobody, nobody should ever wait for that. No, about COVID after all. I spent too many years going there. Yeah, I know. I mean, people, people have their off years and they call it waste of time. But uh, yeah, you see. can always cure yourself and go to South London. There's a nice club in SE25 called yeah. the Palace. And, and uh, it's closer to my house as well. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I will teach you how the, you know, um, you know, yeah, and as a as a Wimbledon fan, I spent a few years going there. I cannot recommend uh, <laughs> going to Sellers Park. Not, not no, it's a, come on, they renewed it. Now there's a new academy program. Yes, two days ago they approved a new uh, category one academy project. Beckenham, it's mm. doing right moves now. I'm I'm really happy because it looked while I was there. Sometimes it looked it didn't have the probably direction, but now it looks it has a direction so i'm really happy i always follow my clubs it's, mm. it's, it's it's very important because they gave a lot to me i i feel that uh, i have a strong strong um, you know relation also there but i agree it's, it's we all want to go back to stadium we want to go to safe way of playing and safe way of watching and uh, and uh, and uh, i think it's, it has to be a joint effort and i mean it's a lot of fine-tuning and understanding from people I think there's one good thing about COVID-19 uh, is that I see also from the biggest clubs in the world because before they were looking for global dominance and then they were thinking how to make products for Asian TV customers. Now, a lot of them and a lot of us have understand that if you are not locally relevant, what are you in the end? Yeah. If, you are not, if you don't have a local relevance, you do something for your society, something for your local neighborhood. I think you sort of lose a little bit of that. Um, why you are a club, you know, it's in the first place. You have yeah. the local relevance. Otherwise, what are you? I, yeah. I don't know if you've heard that you, you said before the, that we started recording that you used to live in Wimbledon and uh, the AFC Wimbledon uh, have got this local action group specifically for COVID from the supporters. And I read the other day that they, in four months, collected and delivered 22,000 food parcels to right. local residents in need. And this is all about the club proving it's important to the community. Exactly. And they're yeah. going to move back to Wimbledon later this year, which is really, really going to embed yeah. them with their, with their locals. Yeah, but that, that, that's, that's, I think, I mean, even even Palace asked me to call some of their senior supporters. So I made a phone okay. call and uh, me and Dougie were making. And we did also here in, in Helsinki, we called our, our senior who are in the members in the Hoyiko Senior. Uh, and um, we did some also some food deliveries. And I mean, this is so small thing that you, I mean, even we had so much toilet paper in the stadium. So we, we just... <laughs> The people were afraid that it's going to end. So we sent everybody who sends their email here, we will bring them toilet paper. And, and because we had nobody else here, so it was me who actually brought them. <laughs> so, so I have in my CV also that I'm a toilet paper delivery. Ah, delivery guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. Aki, I just wanted to say to you, we um, so we connected with you through Instagram. You're, yeah. um, you're pretty you're pretty active on that platform and um so are your club Hoyikor, yeah. both the men's and the women's clubs um you're quite well known for your internet blog back in your playing yeah. days uh do you think that you were way way ahead of the social media revolution 
And of course, I'm the influencer who was before its time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Influencer before influencers. There you go, the original OG. Yeah. But, but uh, it's I, true I, because I, I mentioned to some friends yesterday, we were we went to the Lati Senioki game, we were driving home and the message came through that we were going to talk today. And uh, there were four British guys in the car and two of them said, oh yeah, I remember the blog. Yeah. They don't even remember reading it all the time, but it always made headlines. And nobody yeah. remembered me playing football ever. They only remember the blog, <laughs> which is good for me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> good for me because there are, yeah. But, but it, it was weird because it was actually, it was, uh, I was in Norway playing in Vålerenga and then it was, uh, I was studying in the University of Oslo. So originally my blog, uh, like, website was, um, was a school project. And then I just kept, I always loved writing. And, uh, and, and, and when I moved to England, people started looking at it. And then I got offer from all the papers, and uh, and <laughs> I, I choose the times because we had a. They understood what I wanted. They want the text would always be me. They would never correct even the spelling mistake. Because <laughs> it's authentic, and uh, and uh, and they would encourage me to speak like a, not like a, <laughs> but like as as somebody who come who can tell from inside how you look coming from a different culture. So, so they understood what I wanted and uh, why I ever did it. If it comes, if it, it would have come serious, I would not have done it. It didn't make any sense. And so, um, yeah, it was then, and and then, you know, at one point, obviously, with my roles have changed and everything. I couldn't, I haven't been able to do that. Uh, and only recently, I've been more active. I mean, Twitter is my media. That's 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 yeah. done it. But now lately, I don't know why I've done it. It's probably so what what do you feel about the way that social media and what what role does it play in developing football culture in Finland? I mean, um, we have we have our own Twitter also and our own Instagram. Um, as I said, we connected through Instagram, but you know, there's lots of the women's clubs have their own Instagram profile. Um, there's lots of even supporter groups. I mean, your own, um, or you call clubby party. They have a, yeah. um, an Instagram page. Do you yeah, think this plays a, a big role in growing the culture in Finland? I, I, th- I think it has um, a big role because then people can share and get involved more actively. You know, I think before time and now because everything is available and, and you, if you are, if you have something to say, it actually spreads very quickly. And if you have something, of course, there's also, um, you know, destructive things that you can do, do with it. And then it's sort of, sometimes it goes to the wrong direction. But I think I, when we, this is my guess, I don't know, if we look many years from now, I will look how the Finnish football culture is, 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 is grounded. I think social media has played a role in it for sure. Because it sort of gave a role for other than journalists. A journalist always is just one subjective opinion, and uh, and uh, now they've even gone to be in the papers very subjective instead of so. So we are somewhere in between. So it has played a role for sure. Um, what it is and and what are the good points and what are the parts that probably not so much is is, is uh, I don't know yet, but for sure. Um, Every customer, every fan, and every people interested in football, they want to see what really happens there. And now when the next generation have started sharing, everybody says sharing, they're more accessible of it. Before, when I was a kid, I wouldn't have a clue what happens outside of the one story in the newspaper and uh, maybe the little 20-second clips that I saw in Urheilu Hulu. So, yeah. so now, now you get... Now you get access to everything pretty much. So, so it's but this these days. I I think it for sure it will have to play a role. But that, that it will go that direction even more. It creates it creates that community that you were talking about before, yes. doesn't it? Yes. You know, the club is active, and then people see it and they feel yeah. connected. Yeah, it is exactly like that, and people can share and get involved. Also, also, and and and, and I think in in that when we look, we have we we. We'll, read and and what comes to us and try to answer as much as we can as, as i do as well and then it gives also the connection that because you can be doing a lot of things thinking this is the way forward but it's not always the case so we need to be also understanding like what different generations like 
Now, for example, like a previous meeting for me was about esports, and uh, and and it's it's. I think we we can't be ignorant to understand what's happening in the world in order to understand also what role we play in 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 this society. So, so uh, I think it's interesting to see different sides of it in order to to uh, also understand your own role and how you can um, be locally relevant to different customers. Yeah. Well, um, you sound like a very busy man, Aki. So um, I, I just want to say once again, thank you so much for, for taking the time to Anytime. speak to us on the Finnish Football Show. It's, um, and as I said before, Mark and myself we and, and the rest of the guys, we just want to say thank you for all the hard work you're doing with your European counterparts, raising thank the you. profile of, of Finnish football in, in Europe and across the world. So um, it can only be good for the game that we all love and the teams that we all love. You know, so um, again, thank you so much for that. Mm. Um, yeah, just uh, thanks for joining us. It's, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure to talk mm. to you and, and get some of your opinions and also your memories, even if one of them was uh, breaking my heart in Cardiff on that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, for sure, I can, I can assure everybody, everybody who's seen me play, they know for sure that uh, I make more sense in the, in the boardroom than I do in the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I watched that video again today, and that was some football uh, yeah. that you played there for Andy Johnson. Man. Yeah, and I, and I really appreciate. It's great to talk about football, and uh, thanks for inviting me for the show. And let's keep in contact. And uh, and and I wish you all the best. And I hope to see you in the stadium uh, in Crystal Palace and Helsinki, or you call, of course. So um, you know, you know where the where, where the right place is. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Aki. Thank you. Okay. Cheers. Moi. Well, there we have it. That was Aki Rihilatti joining us on the Finnish Football Show. What an absolute pleasure. What an absolute gentleman. He's doing his hardest to um, to raise the profile of Finnish football. And I'm sure with the passion that he quite obviously has, he's, uh, he's sure to succeed. So, um, yeah. Anything to add to that, Mark? No, just really interesting, wasn't it? Like hearing the, 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 the behind the scenes of yep. what, you know, of that public persona and he was uh, interesting and interested enough in what we're doing to uh, to want to share it with us so that was uh, fantastic well done you for organizing it so yeah I guess um, all that remains to say is uh, enjoy the podcast don't forget to join us on uh, when, when we release new episodes you can follow us on Instagram and the Facebook group and also on Twitter we are at Kekimulari and Mark is at Explore Finland and we also have our friend Rich, who is at Escape to Suomi, and the other Mark, who is at FC Suomi. So get following, and you'll uh, you'll see when the new episodes drop. Thanks for joining us. Yep, 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 yep.